Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You're listening to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and this week we're talking horror movie The Hunt, plus all the latest movie and trailer news, and there's another code word coming up. All right, Lee, we caught The Hunt this week, and we're going to bring you our thoughts, reviews, queries, questions, concerns for this film. So... Give us a bit of a rundown on on what this movie was about. So The Hunt is a horror produced by Jason Blum, who's known for Blumhouse Productions, which do movies about uh, socially themed horrors, including Get Out. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is very much in that vein, isn't it? Political commentary or social commentary on um, elites versus deplorables they're called in the movie yeah it definitely is a film that you need to read between the lines to understand exactly the kind of what Mm. it's trying to say outside of just all the the blood and gore and violence Mm. and the story is about 12 strangers who are kidnapped and taken to an unknown location to be hunted by a group of these elite Mm -hmm. people yeah what okay there was a lot of anticipation leading into this i guess Mm. there was a lot of controversy where it was meant to be released quite some time ago. Right. But then there was a, a massacre in the US around the time of its release and they thought it would be insensitive mm-hmm. in terms of what the subject matter of the film was and, and what kind of happens mm. to release a film such as that. And then COVID kind of uh, copped it as well 
it was another casualty of, of COVID-19. They decided that people needed an uplifting movie like this yeah, to exactly. cheer so them up. Here we are at home. <laughs> this is exactly what we signed up for. We don't need another Taylor Swift, uh, you know, concert movie to get us <laughs> No, you need way. you need 12 people being hunted for their lives. <laughs> uh, the movie stars Betty Gilpin, Hilary Swank, Ike Barinholtz, Emma Roberts, like a lot of these well-known actors who... Yes. I guess without revealing too much, are in quite brief roles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it goes with the genre in terms mm. of a kill list and the frequency of the kill list and how mm. soon or late or in between that they all happen. So obviously there's all of those. It kind of plays into the fact that this film, you didn't really know where it was going. It was mm. quite unexpected. And then you kind of just had to roll with it, didn't you, to mm. kind of um, take all these, your own punches to the face mm. as, as the exposition got more and more. Uh, clear to you is what what this film is about it's billed as a horror but it's kind of hard to classify isn't it there was elements of comedy drama uh, satire mm. but i guess that's a, that that is a jason blumhouse film isn't it really yeah i guess and it does play into the genre of horror and thriller where that they mm. do where possible to cut through is add elements of of humor that are quite dark mm. but can we talk about the humor because i felt mm. like it didn't work at all Really? Well, I know the creators intended it to be a bit playful. So mm. with the violence, and there's quite a lot of violence, it was leaning towards more the slapstick and absurd. So I think that was intentional, but you didn't mm. think it worked? I understood that it was intentional because it was so obvious. Right. I just felt where where it didn't deliver was just the poor execution and the writing, the script was... I, it the was dialogue just, wasn't great. It was just awful. And I think... Mm. I know I kept saying to myself, because I talk to myself while I watch movies internally, <laughs> I, I can see what you're trying to do. I can appreciate this. I can see it. I can understand. But it just didn't work. And mm. it really affected the way that I took the movie in and, and all the all, you know, all the themes that it was trying to explore. Mm. But look, I thought it was awful. Really. I really, really hated it. Wow. It didn't did not sit well with me. I thought it was a really poorly made movie. Okay. And it just didn't yeah, the dialogue, the comedy, it just fell flat. And mm. you can look you can compare. That's the that's the danger of this genre is so many filmmakers have tried to achieve that sort of multiple genre layer mm. comedy element to horror. And it works so well in so many places in so many films. Mm. This one it just didn't get there for me. What kind of movie do you think it worked in? Like ready or not? No, because I didn't like that film you either. <laughs> I think it's more comedy this one, but you know your the the Cornetto trilogy. Right. You've got Hot Fuzz. You've got mm, Shaun okay. of the Dead. You've got all of those. I know that 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 the they hunt was leave. a little bit darker, but mm. you're going to be more dark, or you're going to be more right. comical. And I think that it also was really poorly acted by. Betty Gilpin. Her oh, facial okay. expressions and... Anyway, what do you have to say about Well, her? I love Betty Gilpin. Mm. I love her in Glow. I love her in almost everything she's been in, um, which hasn't been a ton, but she's she's definitely gaining a name for herself. Um, and I really enjoyed the character of Crystal. She played Crystal, who... Or Snowball, in a reference to George Orwell's 1984. I really loved that she was sort of the heroine of the piece against another female villain. So you had these two femme fatales in this incredible fight sequence towards the end, the climax of the movie. I loved that. It was so thrilling to watch and really, really funny and exciting. But then also I really wanted to know more about her character. Yeah. 
Like there was no background whatsoever. No. You get a little bit of a glimpse and it just would have made her motivation so much clearer if mm. he'd had a bit more. And then going back to the dialogue, how you, you mentioned that the dialogue wasn't great and I agreed, she was doing a lot of facial expressions and a lot of really hamming it up. Yes. Which but I found them really off-putting. It, you didn't? It, no, no, I did. It brought me out of it, unfortunately. I loved everything about her up until those kind of points where I was like, what does that mean? Like, what does that face mean What that you're pulling? It's hard to <laughs> explain on a podcast, but she goes to say something and instead of finishing the sentence, she just makes a face and you're like, what does that mean? But isn't that quite interesting that our, in our review, we're talking about actors' facial expressions. As an audience, you should accept the choices that actors make physically. Right. And we're pulling this apart. We're literally pulling out something so specific as facial expression. So it may seem a bit strange that we're talking about that, but it, as you said, it, it's hard to explain. It makes sense when you watch it, doesn't it? Yes, but I think to your point, facial expressions in terms of acting complement the dialogue mm. and or or substitute the dialogue. Yeah. And in this case, they weren't working together. Yeah, they, they went against each other and they mm. were distracting and confusing. Mm. You mentioned the great fight scene at the end, which yeah. I agree at times was good. I think at that, times it was fantastic. Yeah, it was really cool. Let me explain. I <laughs> know oh, I loved it. I loved how long it went for as well. Yeah, and there were and I think that there were flavors of the comedy that really worked, especially with the, no more glass. <laughs> I thought that was really <laughs> yeah. really funny. It actually got a laugh out of me. Mm. To be fair, I think that was the only one. But I I felt like there were some other sequences that were really poorly blocked. And so, sure, it elevated that final action scene and maybe intentional again. So this film is really hard for me to try and pull apart, but it was very clearly majority done by stunt doubles. Right. You know, that was just obvious. I kind of like, I want to see their faces. I want to see that they're committing to this. And it was really only there for the close-ups. And I think that really distracted from what they were doing. Unless it was intentional, it just brings me back to the fact that the concept was just poorly executed. And you were talking about character motivations. Just motivations in general were really, really blasé. And I didn't really connect or try to understand as crazy as this fucking movie was, and that you're not really meant to empathize with anyone. Mm -hmm. It just took me away from it. Yeah. So you wanted to see Betty Gilpin get thrown through a fireplace for real? Fuck yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Commit. (laughs) Do you think the action, they went big on action to the detriment of character development and and the script? Yeah, because action or horror films, these sorts of genres should be able to uh, navigate both uh, Mm. and, and make it work because there are countless films that achieve that. So I think it was leaning too heavily in an area that they clearly had fun doing, Mm -hmm. but it was just... It didn't have much impact for me Mm. watching it because... They really brushed over the reasoning behind why they were doing these things. It was like every single one of them were expendable characters, not just the deplorables, but also the elites. It was like Mm. I had no Mm. care factor as to why they were doing it. It was a very weak reason, I think. And also, can I come back? And this is always a a pet peeve of mine is how a film is marketed. Mm. I'm all for being surprised and taken on a different journey than I anticipated. Mm. However, when it's so different where to the point where I found how they marketed from the trailer, etc., it misleading. Okay. That's where it really grinds my gears because I'm sitting there watching this comedy Mm. horror And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This isn't what I signed up for. And Mm. sure, it's something else than I anticipated, but 
not done well. So then I can't, I can't separate myself going, all right, I'm in for this. Let's see what they do. It's kind of like, when will this end? Wow. You really didn't like it, huh? I wanted to, because I could see what they were trying to do. It just didn't do it for me. So how many popcorn kernels would you give it? Like one. Wow, Tim. See, I'm going to go three and a half because it was... Whoa! Yeah, it was an interesting concept to me and the execution might not have been perfect, but I I was interested in the way they tried to execute it by doing this real slapstick action gore horror with a bit of comedy and the action sequences were just really good. It's just a shame that they put so much focus on that to the detriment of the story or the dialogue. Fair, fair. No, I actually quite enjoy that you liked it so much and that we're opposites mm. and and maybe I need to think about it more. Okay. Anyway, that's that's where I'm feeling right now. <laughs> okay, that's the hunt. Let's move on to news. All right, Lee. So this, I think, is something that we really enjoy talking about <laughs> yeah. every other week. So the new mutants, what's happened there? Oh, God, this movie, it's has another theatrical date in the US, August 21. No word on Australia yet, but mm-hmm. I can't wait to see when it gets pushed back again. This movie <laughs> has been pushed back for years and refilmed bits and, like, it's just been a comedy of errors. Yeah, it, it's just the, the film that could not, <laughs> yeah. really. It, it makes me very, very curious even more as the months go by and the release date shift. It's got to come out in cinemas. It can't fall onto Disney Plus or Apple TV Plus or any whatever streaming platform. (laughs) The problem is it's been so long now, they can't go anywhere with it after this because the the kids are all adults now. Exactly. It was filmed like four years ago. Yeah. So, you know, they're quite, quite different physically, I would imagine. And also a lot has changed in the acquisition of Fox, mm. all these things. It's like this, this IP, these characters, these mutants, do they fit into the MCU? Is it just a mm. one and done or do they kind of talk to the old X-Men franchise? All these things are so unknown to us because the film has been coming <laughs> out for three years yeah. and we just can't get a taste of it. But um, anyway, August 21 in the US. Mm-hmm. Might have to go over there to see this damn film. But um, Time will tell. Yeah. David Arquette has confirmed he's going to join Scream 5. This is after talk of Nev Campbell, which is she's still in talks for. So she hasn't actually fully signed on yet. Not officially. Yeah. No, but David Arquette is coming back as Dewey, which is really cool. Yeah. I'm really, really happy to see more and more Scream 5 news surface Mm. every other week because as i've said on the podcast before i really like the scream franchise Mm -hmm. i really liked where they went with scream 4 it unfortunately didn't tick the box Mm. office box and it kind of just fizzled away so i'm i'm excited that they're bringing it back i have a feeling this is going to be a sort of continuation of scream 3 so i think they're going to go the terminator route and completely ignore scream 4 is that your gut feeling or have you read something no i think talk of that is is that that's what's going to happen see i get that it just breaks my heart because i think scream 4 was quite well realized in the in a more modern age i wasn't keen on it well we're different on the hunt we're different on Mm -hmm. scream 4 (laughs) that just makes this interesting yep that's i've not thought about that so let's see where it goes Mm -hmm. So we've talked about Legally Blonde 3 coming. Now we have writers. So Mindy Kaling and Dan Gore have been signed on to write the movie. Mm. What do you think about Mindy as an actress, as a comedian and, and writer, I guess? I'm not so sure on her as an actress, but I love her writing. Okay. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with her work. It's just the the bit pieces that I have seen her pop up into. I'm not overly, like, taken by okay. her. Mm-hmm. Let's see what she brings to the Legally Blonde she's a very story. S- she's a very smart writer and she's got some really good things to say. So, okay, great. Yeah. Cool. 
Tom Hanks World War II drama Greyhound. What's happened to that? So this, it was directed by Tom Hanks as well. This mm-hmm. is unfortunately another casualty of COVID-19 from a theatrical release point of view. Mm-hmm. It's now moving from Sony as a distributor to Apple TV+. Plus. Now, I believe this is their largest acquisition of da- to date in terms of a big film big budget behind it they probably spent a lot of money to grab that title just to entice subscribers so i'm really looking forward to seeing this film it really looked like one that you'd want to see in the cinema on a big screen yeah. with dolby atmos etc etc mm. but uh yeah we'll see when it lands on apple tv plus so you have this bit of news you brought it to the podcast this week that halle berry is to star in roland emmerich's space epic moonfall yeah so this is she's going to star alongside Josh Gad. I find that interesting. Does that mean it's a comedy? Because it doesn't seem like it should be a comedy. It's a sci-fi based on the novel, isn't it? I believe so. I think it doesn't surprise me that they've cast someone like Josh Gad. I believe he's going to play a scientist. So usually in these disaster films, you've got the comedy element through someone who's Mm. normally really intelligent who's at the keyboard, you know, Mm. saving the day. So I think you'll add some flavors of just to cut through all the drama and tension, Mm. but get this. So this is what the film is about. So moonfall, it centers on a mysterious force knocking the moon from its orbit, Mm. no doubt around earth, which sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. I just love how they write these things (laughs) in response. A ragtag team naturally launches an impossible last ditch mission into space to land on the lunar surface and save earth from annihilation. Um, kind of sounds like Armageddon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look, these movies have been done before, but they do well. So, and there's no better in my opinion as, whether you like or hate his films. I mean, we recently reviewed Midway. Our, mm. our podcast episode on that is out now, but he certainly knows, Roland Emmerich knows how to bring a disaster flick to audiences yes. and, 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 and serve up all that drama yeah. and action. We also got a trailer this week for Dirt Music, which is a romance based on the acclaimed Tim Winton novel. And it's about a woman who feels trapped in her life in a backwater Australian fishing town. Uh, Georgie, played by Kelly McDonald, is barely holding it together when she meets Lou, played by Garrett Headland, and they begin an intense affair. What's interesting about this is this is an Australian tale set in Australia, and Georgie is played by Kelly McDonald, who's a Scot, and Lou is played by Garrett Headland, who is he American? I think he's American or yeah. Canadian. Inter- an interesting casting choice, but I, I like it. Yeah, throw David Wenham in there as well. Oh. Which yeah, is amazing. Great. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, David. Yeah. Uh, no. uh, I am just blown away by how beautiful mm. they piece together this trailer. Like the cinematography, the music. It seems like we're really going to be served some beautiful performances and some yeah. heartbreak story. It looks like a bit like a Nicholas Spark movie for adults, which I love. I'm into. Yes. Interesting comparison there, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to have a lot more. Uh, depth and substance to it perhaps Oi. <laughs> so okay finally we're going to get the snyder cut of justice league now to explain this whole palaver Zack snyder was the director of justice league but then he had to pull out right at the end of production because his daughter sadly died and then so josh whedon stepped in to finish off the movie and there's been all this conjecture that the reason the movie was so bad is because it was edited really poorly and they filmed all this good stuff that wasn't included and it was what down to the studios and josh whedon for screwing it up basically yeah yeah uh they reduced what was originally you know in a first draft edit was like three and a half hours the studio insisted it 
chopped mm. down to 120 minutes, so two hours long. All these sorts of restrictions are put around it. I've got a quote from Zack Snyder himself where he says, it will be an entirely new thing, and especially talking to those who have seen the released movie, a new experience apart from that movie. You probably saw one-fourth of what I did. That's a big call. The thing here, it's it's setting a dangerous precedent. I mean, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm really curious to see it, to see what kind of difference, whether we're just going to end up with one or two scenes that are added, or whether it's going to be an entirely different movie. I think it's going to be an entirely different film. Mm. There is a lot of work to do. I imagine a lot of the story he was trying to tell needs a lot of effect shots to be updated mm. and changed. I think there are a lot of subplots that were missing that he'll want to weave in there to Henry, tell... Henry Cavill's moustache. We'll see the, the Henry Cavill moustache gate. So just to give you a bit of context, those that aren't in the know. So Henry Cavill was filming Mission Impossible Fallout at the time that Joss Whedon and Warner Brothers were like, we need to do reshoots mm. of Justice League. But they were still filming Fallout. And he has this big daddy moustache in that. <laughs> big daddy <laughs> I was going to say glorious moustache. Glorious big daddy moustache. And anyway, I could go on because I love Fallout so much. And uh, Paramount, the distributors of that, refused to let Henry shave his moustache and put a fake one for their rest mm. of their filming. So what you got was this awful, these awful scenes of Henry with this digital upper lip. <laughs> It kind of looked like he was a ventriloquist doll. And you could obviously tell exactly yeah. what the, the new shots were. So hopefully, Zach doesn't need those extra moments. And so we won't get, you know, upper lip gate, moustache gate or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, I don't give a fuck about the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Really? I just, I don't care. Will I watch it? Of course I will. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. And we'll probably talk about it on here. You don't think it's going to save it, though? No, I mean, it's an unsavable film franchise anyway. Like, you had Ooh. Man of Steel, which I never really loved, which led into Batman vs. Superman, which was an but absolute mess. But Man of Steel mess. was Christopher Nolan, wasn't it? Well, he was a executive producer mm. and story by, which is in, an interesting point to make. You are right, uh, but I'd rather not put Christopher Nolan within anywhere near this franchise. But uh, <laughs> he was there at one point. And then you got Justice League, which was just a hot mess. So, I look, if he turns out to deliver the film that he always wanted and it turns out good, then, hey, hats off to him. Mm. He seems to have, and what we've seen over the last, what, three years, great support from the principal cast, like everyone. Oh, yeah. His cut and his vision. It's kind of a bit of a slap in the face to Joss and and Warner Brothers, isn't it? It is, it is. But also from the actor's point of view, they don't want to be associated with a bad movie like this on their careers. Like it it comes back to haunt them all the time. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's a lot of pressure around Justice League in general to get it right. And they got it so wrong that I guess they're like, last attempt at redemption. Can I just say I fell asleep during Justice League? Oh my God, I'm jealous. That's a huge deal because i never do that yeah i'm surprised i just could not stay awake what in cinemas no (laughs) i didn't watch it in cinemas oh okay and that's very telling as well that i didn't go to watch it in the cinema i watched it at home and i fell asleep in the climactic action sequence like there's like mosquito monsters there's (laughs) i'm sure they've got a name (laughs) what's going on (laughs) we'll go with mosquito monsters that's good oh it makes me want to swat that film Uh, away even more anyway uh tbc it's out on hbo max in 2021 so we're still about a 12 months away ish okay so we'll um yeah watch this space they better get it right 
Now, we, we did mention Mission Impossible surrounded by the Justice mm. League story, you know, Upper Lip Gate or, or Moustache Gate, Big Daddy Moustache Gate. <laughs> so, this is really cool. S.A. Morales is replacing Nicholas Holt as the villain in Mission Impossible 7 and 8. Remember, they're filming those back to back. And that's due to scheduling conflicts as a result of COVID-19, you know, things where Nicholas Holt needs to move on mm. to other projects. He can't hang around. Yeah. He's got those other commitments. Uh, he he is fantastic. This this actor in Ozark, I'm re- I'm watching mm-hmm. that at the moment, and he's brilliant. He's really oof. It's going to bring so much yeah. mystery and 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 great clout. But I am I'm kind of sad that yeah. Nicholas Holt is moving away from this role. Yeah, because he's great too, and yeah. I really would have liked to have seen him as a villain. Yeah, because he's never done a villainous role before. Oh. Before we move on to the next piece of news, should we drop the code word for this week's anniversary giveaway? Absolutely. This week's code word is boss so you've got it b-o-s-s boss obviously playing into like a boss which we've got some really cool pieces from that film as Mm -hmm. part of the giveaway packs so you know what to do head to our website go to the win page input your details and the code word boss for this week for your chance to win we're really really excited to see all the entries coming in already Mm. we love the support we hope you're enjoying the podcast and you might be one of the lucky winners. Mm-hmm. All right, back to Newsly. We got a trailer for Christopher Nolan's Tenet. So Christopher Nolan obviously directed Inception and the Dark Knight series. He's a really nuanced filmmaker. This is going to be really exciting. And this is another one in the vein of those kind of Inception interstellar movies that will really play with time and your concept of reality. Um, they've given away a lot in this trailer. And I actually have a quote from John David Washington, who's the star of the film who said he was surprised that Nolan revealed so much in the trailer, yet it didn't really explain anything. No, like, I guess the first question that comes to mind, what did he reveal? What was it that he revealed that we're not sure? Yeah. It was almost a three-minute trailer. So Mm. it's like, that's a long trailer. It was a choice there to make it so long and to add in all that content. It just gave you a real sense of the aesthetic and the scale Mm. of this movie. More than, it kind of played into the story a bit more, I agree. Gives you a probably as much as you need to know going in Mm -hmm. because he's a bit of an ambiguous filmmaker in that he leaves it up to the audience to interpret what's happening, especially when it comes to the end and it's Mm -hmm. resolved or whatever that means Mm -hmm. in cinema. But I'm just so excited. It's got a huge cast in this movie. We've got Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, Michael Caine, Kenneth Branagh, John David Washington, as I mentioned. Yeah. So many people. And this movie has such a weight on its shoulders because it's going to be opening the movie industry again, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this on our last week's podcast. Do we think that Tenet has what it takes to bring cinema back into our lives in such a big way? Well, after seeing the trailer, I'm thinking yes. You're on side. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right, Lee. Well, that is another jam-packed episode of Popcorn Podcast. It is, Tim. We reviewed The Hunt so you can catch that on digital now to yep. watch. So Premium video on demand yes. at the moment. So it's that more pricey version. It's up to you whether you think it's worth the money. Well, Lee certainly thinks so. I think so. 
So you don't? <laughs> I don't, but that's fine. Uh, go check it out. We'd love to hear your own thoughts, so drop it in Facebook comments. Mm. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast yes, on, on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and you can also head to our website, www.popcornpodcast.com. We have all our episodes up there, so you can stream those while you're still working from home or very close. Going to hop on that train or that bus. <laughs> no, thank you. Head into the office soon. <laughs> <laughs> things are changing and hopefully that means good things for cinema. Yes. All right, Lee, that's Th- it from us. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.